As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an aquaculture business, how do you connect your love of the water to support the aquaculture industry? This episode is dedicated to answering that question. So listen in and I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode, I'm grateful to have Luis Felaco. Welcome to the show, Luis. Hey, Lourdes. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure, pleasure. He is the creator of Aquatics Group in Merida, Yucatan, Mexico. They are a multidisciplinary group of professionals in everything related to the sustainable use of water. Their main focus is on offering solutions for the development of marine and freshwater aquaculture projects, restoration, and sustainable use of aquatic ecosystems, such as cenotes, and reefs and their enjoyment through diving. Sustainable aquaculture is Lewis's life, specializing in macroalgae, sea cucumbers, and echinoderms from tropical and subtropical waters. He is leveraging his love for the water as a dive instructor since 2011 with his scientific formation as a biologist and a master's degree in marine aquaculture and a PhD in marine science. His goal is to accelerate adoption of sustainable aquaculture practices such as integrated mutotrophic aquaculture, especially in tropical waters and impoverished countries that need it the most. Welcome again to the show, Luis. Thank you for being here. Thank you for this. It sounded so good, like your introduction. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say it's quite long, but it was very, very juicy. So I have to say all this credibility about you. And it's funny you said that because most of the time I do this and then the guests will be saying, who are you introducing? Because they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks again for being here. So my first question is, can you share with our listeners what your vision is for Aquatics Group? Aquatics Group basically was born because we noticed a niche that wasn't really being fulfilled, mostly in Latin America. That niche is the integration between academia and the advancements of academia with the business sector. Uh, sometimes it would seem like we don't know how to talk to each other or we're talking different languages scientists versus the business sector. And being as a scientist, I finished my PhD in 2020. So I know how to talk to scientists and I know how to extract the information 
that we need to further the business development, mostly in aquaculture, which is like really, really needed. Also, the main reason why I am here in, in Yucatan, we were discussing this earlier, is because there's a huge problem with uh, sea cucumber aquaculture and the development of uh, sustainable aquaculture here is just so important. So I said, well, someone has to tackle it. And the only way to do it is to be like a consultant, to be in the middle between science and the production. So that's what I'm trying to do. I love it. I think it's such a novel cause to be able to be that bridge and to be that middle agent between academia and business. And it's fascinating that you said that because I know we have a lot of listeners who are students or even professors and experts from the science point of view. And so this merging of actually bringing into practicality on how we can commercialize that knowledge from science point of view is such an important aspect for business aquaculturists. So I'm glad you're on this mission. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm also glad to, like for me, it's something about like trying to leave a legacy. Like, like it's, it's not about money. It's not a, like a really business oriented type of thing. Obviously, you, you have to, to live and to eat. But for me, it's mostly trying to really solve the problem. And I understood that through academia, the main focus would be mostly to do like very basic research, but not to translate that towards production. But the problems are in the production side. So someone has to do that. Absolutely. I love what you mentioned in terms of high impact, high income would be the ideal goal so that these two can be merged. So saying that, what do you see as a future trend in the sustainable aquaculture business? Well, my PhD was mainly focused in multi-tropic aquaculture. So I'm obviously very, very keen into the multi-tropic side, integrating different species and, well, obviously I have researched a lot about the subject and I do think that it's going to be one of the best ways to move forward. Sustainability encompasses a lot of things. It's not only the environmental side, but it's also the business side. And it's also the societal part. So multi-trophic aquaculture offers a solution to all of those possible questions, right? There are a lot of possible ways we can move forward. But multi-trophic aquaculture like really integrates all of them. So yeah, I believe 100% into that. So I'm going to get a little bit geeky here, and maybe you can give us an example on how this works. We sometimes call IMTA, or Integrated Multithropic Aquaculture, as you said, as polyculture. So give me an example of what you do in Yucatan, Mexico, on what species live yeah. together because they are interdependent. Well, during my PhD, I worked with uh, sea cucumbers, seaweed, and fish, local species, all of them. Right now, on the same lab where I did my PhD, we, I, I have a project uh, together with the business sector. Like, and I managed to integrate the institution with the business sector in the lab. And what we're doing is, well, mainly focusing on trying to increase the production of sea cucumbers, but through also using seaweed that we produce on site for their feeds 
And also, sometimes we produce a lot of seaweed, so we're also producing uh, sea urchins in the lab. It's been a great integration. Also, there are some experiments right now that I'm, I'm not conducting personally, but I'm kind of helping the institutions with that. And they're producing salicornia. Do you know what salicornia is? No, it's, I don't. What is that? Well, it's a land plant that is um, halophyte, which basically means that they grow in very salty water. So you can use it to biofilter whatever they're producing from your agriculture facility, right? And it's very interesting the work with that because it already has a market, mostly in Europe. Uh, French people love it. They use it like a substitute to salt. It's very, very interesting. So, so we're integrating a lot of things in the lab all the time, and it's been working really good. We're working also with RAS, recirculation aquaculture, and all of our RAS systems also have a biofilter with seaweed. And it's been working great. Wow. Talk about pure organic biofilter on using the species to be able to do that sustainably. That's really, really impressive. Very impressive too. And you mentioned RAS as well, but I think what really struck me from everything that you've said is the integration. First, you started with the integration of academia and business, and then you integration of high income, high impact. And then now we're talking about integration among environmental business and societal to produce this biofilter. What can be better than that, than sustainable aquaculture? Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, it's funny that, that you say that because I always think that I'm all, always thinking about integrating different things. At my house, I have rainwater collection. Uh, I plant like bananas and papayas, those sort of things. It's like a way of life. But when you're like, really into this sort of lifestyle, maybe, you're always thinking about these sort of things to improve the sustainability of every aspect. And that's, I think, are the magic words. Sustainability is a way of life. It's not just a practice. It's a being. And that's one of the things. If there's any lesson that all the episodes on this podcast is, it's about that. Sustainability is being that, not just what we do, but because it's just the way it should be naturally, if I may have to use the word nature. And also the word integration, as you said, but something came to my mind when when you just said what you just said. It, it's about a little geeky again, because I know here in Canada, sea cucumber, the government doesn't allow people to have the sea cucumber. They only allow you to culture it if you are going to do containment. Is it the same for Mexico? You mean containment in land or in... Or in Un- Subtitle. Okay. Well, not really. I did my master's degree in Spain, in Europe. And one of the reasons why I ended up moving back to Latin America was that in some places, Europe is, is the case, the legal framework is just too much of a square type of thing. It's like, it's very, very difficult to do new, new things. Integrated aquaculture is like completely new and you're dealing with different excretions from different organisms. So politicians will not really understand that, right? 
going back to the problem that you mentioned, that in Canada you have to have containments, here we just don't have any law regulating that. So we're ripe for like making the proper changes and enacting the proper laws to regulate these sort of things. Uh, but yeah, right now one of the projects that I'm managing, that I'm doing together with the private sector, is trying to repopulate areas. So we're basically producing sea cucumbers at the hatchery and then releasing them in the wild. So they're not contained. They're being used for repopulation. And also you had another podcast with uh, Rosalind Baitel in Panama, Panama with Panacea. And we're still deciding in, in Panama whether to do enclosures or sea ranching. So it's very site-dependent here in, in Latin America. And that's one of the things that, let's say, it needs a bit more research because it, it depends on, this, on, on the place where you are, what you should do or, or you shouldn't. But it shouldn't be... Like these organisms, sea cucumbers, seaweed, also sea urchins even, they're called extractive organisms. So basically what that means is that they're extracting their feed directly from the environment. So their impact is very low. It's very, very low. You're not adding new feed. So that shouldn't be really so regulated that you're prohibiting from, from just putting a lot of sea cucumbers in the sea. Well, hopefully I don't get too political in my podcast because I would want to attract actually somebody from our government to be able to actually explain what you just mentioned, free range versus containment. And I also know and I'm aware of some of the issues that they have because sometimes there may be diseases that can be transferred from one location to another. But overall, with the sea cucumber, because they have been free range since yeah. the beginning of time that they existed, I think having to contain them, we feel will not be natural to their habitat. And so we were not sure how to get past it. But hopefully in my next episodes, I can have somebody explain this to but you're absolutely right in terms of the location. And I'm so pleased that the Latin America, where you are doing that, would be repopulating them in terms of the way how they naturally live in their own habitat. So my last question to you is, what's one thing you can advise a leader in this industry? Well, earlier I was hearing other podcasts that you made. I was thinking precisely on that question. In my experience... Since I'm in the middle between academia and the business, I have been involved with a lot of different people. So my main advice, I think, would be to like really think not only about the science and the technical aspects of aquaculture, but really think about the personal relationships that you have within the business, because they can make or break a business. So it's like really important to have the right people involved with the project and to have like a good culture in the business and to like really promote, let's say, not necessarily friendships or, or something like that, but like really a respectful environment and everyone feeling safe and heard within the company. I think that that has been a, a very important thing. That's brilliant. You summarized it so well because those three components, I remember 
in my head, there's a picture that pop up where in the value cycle is about, you know, first you have a following who becomes your community. And then, of course, you have your customers from there who becomes your raving fans in the end. And so very important to surround yourself with bright people so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. But at the same time, having a really good culture in organizations help you promote respect as well. And you know, the adage or saying, nobody cares what you know until they know how you care. And coming from a warm country, Mexico, I'm originally from the Philippines. This is one thing that I think is very, very beautiful about the culture that we're both in. So we're both lucky that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Since I'm also a dive instructor, I'm really happy to, to be in a position that I'm able to talk with high, high scientists, but also to talk with the guy that carries the tanks in the dive sites. So I love having different perspectives. And I think it's really, really, really important, mostly for aquaculture, because it's another business that really integrates a lot of different backgrounds. So, so yeah, it's, it's really important. Beautifully said. Well, thank you again, Luis. My biggest takeaway from our conversation is everything you talked about, about integration. You have like a multi-layer integration that you mentioned there. And I'm going to repeat that again because they're worth mentioning. Integration between academia and the business sector. Integration between high impact and high income. Integration among environment, business, and societal. And of course, integration between having experts, scientists, and promoting respect with even the lowest rank in your company to have a better culture thank you again for being here on the show how can they get in touch with you well thank you very much again lourdes if you want to get in touch with us with the the company with me we are trying to improve our social networks (laughs) right now so you can follow on facebook and instagram at aquatics group there's a page both in Facebook and Instagram, and we'll have a web page, which is aquaticgroup.org. And also, well, you can add me also. I'm posting all the time things that I'm that I'm doing with City Commerce mostly right, right now, both in LinkedIn and in Instagram, they're public again. Luis Pelaco, just then we, we can talk through there. Thank you very much again, Luis. To our subscribers, do leave a review of the podcast so we can get more people involved to be aware of the value our guests are providing in these conversations. If you're new to the podcast, I'd like to hear from you. Thanks, everyone. Muchas gracias, Luis. Un placer. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.